Hello everyone, JP here. I hope this note finds you well. Summer is here and we will be taking a break. I will be focusing my time on researching and writing the book all about the last 8%. Um, We don't know the title. Roughly though, it will be looking at what does it mean to grow the skills to be better in the last 8%, to use those opportunities to transform ourselves, also transform our teams. What does it mean to build a last 8% culture? What does that mean exactly? In the meantime, we have chosen some favorite episodes from past seasons for your listening enjoyment. And because we want you to keep moving and listening. Why? Well, we know that mood follows movement. And so we have over 145 different episodes. Go back, listen to various ones, listen to them again. It's great for the repetition because there's a lot of good content there, but more so it's about building these habits. Uh, If you're interested in finding out what your predictable default behavior is, that is, what do you do? What's your pattern when you face a last 8%? Go to the show notes. You can take our quiz. Um, But most of all, you know, feel free to join our Facebook group and share everything with other folks. But most of all, have a wonderful summer and we will see you back real soon. Thanks so much. Welcome to the last 8% morning. This is JP Palu Fry. It is so great to be with you today. In today's episode, feeling stressed or overwhelmed with life and with work. Are you curious to find a better way to deal with the challenges that you face? It is not by using mindfulness in the way that most people do as a breathing exercise to calm the mind. In today's episode, we go deeper into the practice of mindfulness so that we can use it for the purpose it was created to learn how to better manage our mind so we can transform our lives. Excited to be here. I certainly am. Let's walk. out walking, moving as we are able, enjoying this gorgeous day. It is great to be with you today. Of course, as usual, we start by paying attention to our feet on the ground. Into our belly, rising and falling. Or to our hands and arms 
moving in the air as we move. I hope you're moving. This practice works far more effectively if we move versus if we are in our kitchen or driving. Feel your belly rise and fall. And if your mind wanders, which it will, just notice that it has wandered. Notice that it is the predominant thing in your experience and then just let it be and come back to whatever our focus of attention is. Our feet on the ground, our belly rising or falling, our head and neck. Mindfulness is paying attention on purpose, non-judgmentally. And we're going to learn a lot about mindfulness today. And in fact, I'm going to move into our idea of the day a bit earlier because we're going to do some mindfulness within our idea of the day. So what's clear is that you want to live a full life. A life that is adventurous. A life that has a meaningful impact on the things that you most care about. You want to win, however you measure that. But you don't want the cost of winning to kill you. Because it feels at times like the life you are leading does come with real costs. You feel like no matter how hard you work and get done, you are constantly behind. That again, you didn't get enough done. Sunday evening has become the new Monday morning. If you don't get things done on Sunday, then you will feel far behind on Monday. You feel stressed by deadlines and dealing with challenging people. And your organization is going through change yet again. It is a lot. And first of all, know that you are not alone. Stress and overwhelm and change are at epidemic proportions today. Many are feeling the effects of a tough two years of the pandemic, as well as working in organizations that are forced to be in constant change just to stay relevant, just to stay afloat, just to navigate this changing world. It's not easy. But you know and I know there is a lot at stake if we are not able to manage this ongoing challenge and stress and change to our health. In the last month, 77% of people report experiencing physical symptoms related to stress. In the last month, 73% reported experiencing psychological symptoms related to stress. So stress is affecting our health. It's affecting our enjoyment of life. We are less present for the moments that we want to be. Not only does it affect our health and our enjoyment in our life, it impacts our important relationships. We are less patient, less understanding. And it gets in the way of building great relationships. 
So what do we do? How do we manage it? Well, I'll say this, not by doing what we've always done, which is to just work a little harder, right? Work endlessly. You know, wait for the weekends to de-stress. Rely on substances or zoning out with TV or even trying to calm the mind using meditation or yoga. Now, I'm not saying that some of these aren't useful at certain times. But it doesn't change the fundamental challenge that we all have around navigating stress and change and overwhelm and challenge. How we navigate stress and overwhelm and change that we face, how do we do it? We do it by changing our relationship to what we are facing. Let me say that again. How you navigate the stress and overwhelm and change and challenge that you face is to change your relationship to what you are facing. Change your relationship. What do, what do we mean by that? And how do we do that? Well, there's many ways. But a significant way is through our mindfulness practice. And there's a lot to describe. If you're a long-time listener, you know there's a lot we've talked about in the last few years in this podcast. But part of it is spending some part of the day, at least 10 minutes, practicing mindfulness, right? Practicing, doing the practice of mindfulness. And what's really important to know is that we don't practice mindfulness to calm our mind. It's not a breathing exercise to calm our mind. That might be an outcome at times, but it's not the purpose. No, we practice every day with an express purpose to build tools that will help us manage our mind so we can change our relationship to what we experience. What does that mean? Well, there's a couple of key insights and tools that come from this practice that helps us change our relationships our, our relationship to the events and moments we experience. Number one, it starts by understanding our mind. You don't study your mind by reading neuroscience papers, however interesting that might be, at least to some of us. No, you study your mind by observing it, by engaging in the repetition of a mindfulness practice so that you can start to see the patterns that are the hallmarks of the mind. For instance, that we have an endless changing experience of emotions and physical sensations and thoughts. And this goes on continually. And I'm going to come back and talk about that in a minute. The second part of practice is to use this insight of seeing the continual changing experience of emotion and physical sensation and thoughts about it to gain another key insight into our human experience. That our stress, our suffering comes from not the situation, but from getting attached to what we are experiencing. What do I mean by that? It means that when we experience a tough situation, such as being stuck on the tarmac before we take off to fly somewhere, which just happened to me yesterday as I flew out west for a keynote. And of course, there's any number of different examples. They happen many times a day. It is not the being stuck on the tarmac that causes us the suffering. It is our reaction to it. It is our relationship to it. Are we getting hooked 
by our thoughts and emotions about being stuck on the tarmac and getting more and more pissed off, excuse my language, more and more upset? That's the question. Those are the insights. And so let's go back to our mindfulness practice. Before we do, stand tall, look around, feel grateful. So I'd like you to engage in the mindfulness practice with a little bit more guidance from me. So start just by taking a few deep breaths as a way to settle into the awareness of the body. Let the breath come in and out and come into its own natural rhythm. And simply be aware of the breath at the belly as the belly rises or falls. And again, this is not a breathing exercise. It is an exercise in awareness. So we use the breath as a vehicle for being aware. So as you notice the belly rising and falling, you may be aware of sounds, background sounds, the sound of my voice. And when you do, simply notice hearing. And you can, you can note it and say hearing. And you can just simply watch it, how the sound comes and goes. And then return to the belly, rising and falling. And you might begin to feel other sensations in the body. Just scan your whole body. Pressure, somewhere tightness, tingling, vibration. If any physical sensation becomes predominant, simply be aware of the sensation because it's present. And maybe notice how it changes as you bring awareness to it. And when it is no longer predominant, just return to the breath. Feel the belly rise and fall. Be aware of any thoughts or images that appear in the mind as your belly rises and falls. A thought may come and carry you away. You might get momentarily lost in your thought. At a certain point, you become aware that you are thinking. And you can just make a soft mental note, thinking, thinking. See if you can highlight the awareness of thought as opposed to getting lost in the thought or the story. Let me say that again. See if you can just highlight the awareness of thought present as opposed to getting lost in the thought or the story. Notice what happens to the thought at the moment of awareness. Does it continue? Does it disappear? When the thought is no longer, simply return 
to the belly or to whatever our focus of attention might be, our body sensations. In this way, we are simply being mindful moment to moment of whatever the predominant experience is. It might be belly and breath. It might be body sensations. It might be thought or story. And through that awareness, we begin to see the changing nature of all of these phenomena, that things are arising and passing away continually. We see through the practice an endless changing experience of story and emotion and physical sensation and then more thoughts about it all and then more emotion and physical sensations about it all interspersed by some sound we might hear and then a new story and then we become aware of it and it disappears and we are aware of our belly and breath again for a few moments before our mind goes off again into some new story and emotion. And in this noticing and in this awareness of this process of change, how things constantly arise and pass, the mind no longer clings as tightly and the essence of non-clinging is the point of the mindfulness practice. The essence of non-clinging to these things that are constantly changing is the point of the mindfulness practice. Just stand tall, look around, feel grateful. Feel your breath come right down into your toes, calming this body. Thich Nhat said, meditation is not evasion. It is a serene encounter with reality. That's why this practice is not a breathing exercise, not a way to calm the mind. Again, though that may be an outcome. The practice is about building awareness or insight through the seeing, the truth of, the pattern of how things come and go continually and then becoming less hooked by our thoughts and stories because we have this awareness. Our mind becomes less clinging and less grasping. This is how we become a student of human behavior through a very direct practice and how this new way of seeing helps us become less attached. So again, just feel your belly rise and fall. And just for a moment, just pay attention to whatever predominates in your experience. Might be a physical sensation, might be your belly, might be a sound, might be feet on the ground. And if the mind wanders, just note it and see what happens when we notice that it has wandered.
But the practice is not just about the 10 minutes or more that we practice a day. It is also what happens the rest of the day that comes from this insight. When we do face all kinds of difficult challenges internally and externally, we become less hooked by it all. We have a different relationship to it. We can experience a challenging external event or internal emotion because it is present, but we don't need to get so attached to it. When we get stuck on that tarmac and feel the thoughts and emotions and inconvenience of it all, it can just stay at that level. We don't need to get so hooked and upset by the delay and feel like it is personal to us or it's happening to us. It just is. And because of our practice, we know it will pass. That is the nature of experience. John Kabat-Zinn said, mindfulness is a way of befriending ourselves and our experience. All of this is helping us show up more as our best selves. This is the how of leadership. Again, whether you lead others or just yourself, because it means we can be more agile in the moment because we're more agile in our mind. We can be more open to whatever we face, whatever change we're experiencing because we're less boxed in by this strong attachment. And if something that is more challenging, a difficult conversation or decision, and it's weighing on us, it doesn't hang around as long in our mind because we can let it be. Or at least let it go much easier because we know it will come and go all on its own. You know, the more we look over a longer period of time, the more we start to see how everything comes and goes. One way to think about it that I find to be very helpful, and think about it for yourself or this might be helpful for you is to reflect back on some of the big challenges you have faced over the last six months with a colleague or a manager or a loved one or a bad mood you had. What happened to all these situations and emotions and thoughts and physical sensations that you had? Where did they go? Do you see how they all come and go? They don't stick around. It's the same for what you will face over the next six months. You will have a lot of challenges with people and change and strong emotions and thoughts. And they'll come and they'll go. And when we can see that, we can cling just a little less to it. That is the point of practice. Take a deep breath right down into your toes, calming this mind. And as you breathe out, releasing tension. And even when I say that, it doesn't mean, you know, we can say that to ourselves and it might calm our body, but if it doesn't, that's okay. That's not the point. But do you see now that we don't practice mindfulness to calm our mind? We practice to learn about the mind so that it can be an instrument that serves us, that helps us transform into the courageous last 8%er that we know we can be.
so that we don't avoid the hard stuff in our lives and in our work. Because, so we can become the person who's poised and able to keep their head about them as others might be losing theirs because they lack these insights and tools. As last eight percenters, we use our most difficult situations as opportunities to transform so we can live more courageously with less regret and have the impact we want to have in the world. How awesome is that? Just by every day doing a simple mindfulness practice. So let's do our three by three. Three breaths, three mindful breaths at the belly or down to the toes. Now, second part is gratitude. Receive gratitude. Think about somebody who was in distress. Think about how you showed up. Think about how it made them feel. And now receive the gratitude that they feel for you. Just feel it all over your body. Now three goals. What do you want to get done today? Fantastic. Congratulate yourself on starting the day this way or whenever you are listening to this. If you're getting something out of this, please share it. If you have someone who's struggling, share it with them. Please leave a review. It's really important to leave a review that helps others find us. As well, if you want to learn about your predictable default behavior of how you respond, what your what your default behavior is when you face a last eight percent situation, go into the show notes and you can do a quiz there. But let me finish with a quote by Sharon Salzberg, another one of my teachers from over the last 30 years. So let's take this energy and focus and momentum into the day. She said, mindfulness isn't difficult. We just have to remember to do it. Have a wonderful day.